If you're looking to save some money on your wireless plan, take a look at Visible Wireless. They're a transparent wireless carrier with nothing to hide. If you haven't heard of Visible, well, now you have. They're the wireless carrier that's making wireless visible. It's in the name. Switch to Visible where you can get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just 25 bucks a month, taxes and fees included. One-line wireless, just 25 bucks a month with taxes and fees included. That's unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. Switch now at Visible.com. You shouldn't judge a book by its cover, but you can judge a company by its name. Like Visible, the wireless company making wireless visible. Monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. This is Steve Downs, the voice of Master Chief, Sierra 117, and you're listening to Podcast Unlocked, the world's number one Xbox podcast. Now, finish this fight. Master Chief, out. What's happening, friends? Welcome to Podcast Unlocked, episode 496 for May 25th, 2021. Ryan McCaffrey with you, as always, hosting alongside my wonderful panel, Destin Legary. Bam! Hey, everybody. Good to see you, Destin. Miranda Sanchez. Hi, hello. Wow, rather chill bam today. (laughs) And making his Unlocked debut, uh, definitely wish I'd done this sooner, but great to have one of our ace news reporters from our news team matt kim joining us matt good to see you hello hi i was uh, about to take a sip from my teacup but then i realized that i was going to be cut too soon and i didn't want to be like <laughs> that's all right you've got plenty of time uh that's the beauty of having four people we can't all be talking at once because if we are it means we're doing a really bad job so you get your you get your sips in there when you when you got to so uh, all right, we've got plenty to talk about this week. We're going to be covering the future of Outer Wilds, one of the Obsidian franchises under Microsoft's umbrella. Uh, that, in fact, that sorry. specifically. It's uh, Outer Worlds. Not Outer Wilds. That's my fault. I'm sorry. I was sorry. It about is your Outer fault. I do blame this. you. I do blame you. <laughs> it's my fault. It's my fault. <laughs> also, when I went to pull up scre- a screenshot from the Microsoft store to put on the TV behind me, they're right next to each other. And of, of course, when you type in outer for the search field, it's outer worlds and outer wilds right next to each other. But yes, no, it's Miranda. I think you should take that as, as a sign that you've, it's mission accomplished for you. You've successfully yeah. planted it <laughs> in everyone's minds. Yes, anyway, uh, I hope so. We're talking about outer worlds. Sorry, Miranda, we're not talking about outer wilds this week. Although I'm sure you'll find a way. You'll... Oh, there's new DLC coming that's been teased, uh, <laughs> potentially, or it's not, I think, officially confirmed, but it's been very heavily hinted, so it will be back. Don't worry, Excellent. everyone. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, before we get started, a friendly reminder, as I've been trying to do here, since this is still a relatively new initiative, we have moved our YouTube channel. Please subscribe to our new home at youtube.com slash IGN Games, which is now the home for all IGN shows, as well as a bunch of other interesting sort of feature IGN content. Hopefully you'll poke around there, find some other stuff you like besides just Unlocked, but please do hit that 
like and subscribe as uh it's part of me died inside having to say that <laughs> but but i did it i got through it uh, and then also the loot box which is our segment coming up towards the latter part of the show where we just take an open-ended xbox question from one of you out there in the audience they're on video as you know so we would love to have you make a little guest appearance on unlocked to do that record your question on video and post it on twitter just tag me at DMC underscore Ryan so that I see it and uh, we'll have one coming up later this week. All right, let's get started with the news. Uh, Microsoft and Bethesda. I actually don't want to start with Outer Worlds. We'll start here because everybody loves when we talk about Bethesda and why not? It's the new crown jewel in the uh, in the crown for, for Microsoft. Uh, we do have now confirmation that Microsoft and Bethesda will hold a joint E3 press conference this year, not separate events, as they, of course, always had prior to this acquisition. Uh, in an interview with uh, Le Figaro, where the game studio's head, Matt Booty, said that the two companies will share the spotlight this year following the acquisition last year. Microsoft and Bethesda will host a joint conference this summer to introduce players to their upcoming projects. Uh, and then that is, uh, we're, we're just waiting on the date now, basically. So, Matt, let me start with you. Welcome to Unlocked. You are, of course, at the heart of all of this news coverage that we that we talk about every week on Unlocked. So, uh, what do you make of uh, you know? Is this a surprise? When do you think Microsoft and Bethesda might do this? Do you think it's going to be Microsoft's usual hour and a half, or will they go mm -hmm. longer since they've got Bethesda in? I want to go to you first. Uh, yeah. Well, first, it's, news is a team effort. The news team is is great, and I'm just one part of it. And, and credit where credit is due. Uh, but as for as for this news, it means I mean, for me, it means two things, right? It means either uh, Microsoft is really excited for having Bethesda finally under its banner, and it wants to really just share the stage with them and like be able to be associated with everything that Bethesda is going to show uh, for their not E3 E3, or or it could mean the opposite. It could mean that maybe Bethesda actually doesn't have a lot to show this year in particular. And so by sharing the stage with Microsoft, they sort of like spread the spread the the burden between the two companies, right? Is is potentially what that could mean. But I I I wanna believe it's the former. I wanna believe that this is the big Bethesda Microsoft homecoming and that there's no better way to sort of like, you know, hold hands and, and with that victory pose on stage than than sharing a an eat a not e3 together destin how about you where do you sit with this i like that matt said spread the burden the burden of <laughs> announcing megaton <laughs> yeah shattering things or oh, so know. much for just bethesda to handle let's do it together <laughs> it is a burden uh, to produce these things though for sure as as destin you well know from working on so many ign productions i mean especially since they'll be from home I mean, it's I guess they're each unique challenges, whether you're doing a from home thing or a uh, or a live on stage thing. But we know where we know where Matt's coming from on that. Yeah, I was just teasing him. But uh, <laughs> for the, for the Bethesda partnership announcement, they actually did that in person. They were socially distant, so we could very well see that again, where they're where they produce responsibly and are able to create something like that. Um, I, I'm not surprised to see them partnering, and I have to imagine there's going to be one big conference that is uh, probably longer. And then Xbox likes to do this thing, especially during E3, where they do the big one, and then they just have little shows throughout the the event, right? So yeah. 
that could be one part of a larger picture that we get. And there's a lot of games that people are really, really curious about. There's the arcane rumored omen thing going on. There is the, uh, the course, the Starfield announcement. Uh, they, they could talk about exclusivity, which is something that we want to know more about, like very clearly from, from Xbox and Bethesda. And just that alone would be a lot in addition to whatever they have planned. Like it's, it's going to be an incredibly exciting E3 for Xbox and Bethesda. So Bethesda uh, just is part of Xbox now. It's like one of their studios. So exactly. Uh, Miranda now, Jason Schreier, the ace reporter from Bloomberg, who is sort of the probably best known investigative reporter in the industry. He's, he's dug in on a lot of stories about game studios and, and what's going on at certain game studios. He posted this week in response to kind of a lot of rumors swirling about Starfield right now. Is it exclusive? When's it going to be announced? When's it going to come out? He tweeted this. Let me make this very clear. Bethesda's plan is to tease a release date for Starfield at E3. That date is in late, and he emphasizes the word late, 2022. I'll leave the specifics to them, but please keep your expectations in check and refrain from sending death threats when the other rumors turn out to be false. Uh, you can see, tell Jason's, Jason's done this a time or two before. So, Miranda, we've kind of talked about that. Are you surprised that that's seemingly, if Jason is to be believed, and his he certainly has the track record to back it up that uh that starfield's not this year that makes sense to me i I think anything that i was hoping to be this year i kind of give it leeway for like maybe a year out at least just because of how um we've seen things working within production with the pandemic um we know that there's obviously been a ton of delays and a lot of just like delays on delays on delays and so i cannot imagine how difficult it is to you know develop a game and QA everything um, in a work from home setting, and I'm sure that there are a lot of challenges that come with that. So, um, anything again, anything I expected now, probably later. So, um, I, that would make sense to me that it'd be late 2022. Also, if Starfield wasn't in the you know fall holiday season, I would be shocked because like that's just one of those games yeah. that you would expect to be a holiday release. I feel like as much as we really love these spring releases, and we've gotten some like big bangers in, in the spring i think there's still something very premier about the holiday release season and for something new like this for starfield um that just makes more sense to me with bethesda of like when they would want to launch that so that checks out now, to me now miranda you're a big mass effect fan we're all playing legendary edition right now you're also a big outer wilds fan so you like outer space sci-fi things what kind of game are you hoping for out of Starfield? You know, since we still really don't know anything about it, we know what Fallout is and we know what Elder Scrolls is, but what what are you hoping to see out of Starfield? So my biggest concern is when I play it, I don't want to feel like I should go back to Fallout, which is maybe a weird thing to say. So let me put this in perspective. Um, when I first started trying to play, so I'm a Fallout person. I think there's yeah. like a lot of people who are like in, I'm a this person or this person when it comes to games. And you can definitely play both. But whenever I played Fallout, like I just connected with it every, like immediately. I love the lore. I love the setting. I love how it's just developed as a whole. I love like its griminess. And when I went to go play Skyrim for the first time, well, after having played Fallout 3, I was just like, okay, let me, let me try this. I just wanted to go back to Fallout immediately. Like it just didn't, the fantasy setting there just didn't connect with me very well. 
Um, and I'm very picky when it comes to fantasy. And so because I didn't click instantly, I was just like, you know, let me just go back uh, to what I do love with Bethesda in these mechanics. And I'm just going to go back to Fallout. Um, so I do want to see them try different things. Like, I don't want it just to feel like, well, this is definitely, I mean, it should feel like a Bethesda game. But at the same time, I want it to be, have, or I guess it's just to have its own identity. Like, I think there's a lot of systems between Elder Scrolls and Fallout that just feel very familiar just because, you know, it is still Bethesda. But I, I think taking it to a futuristic, you know, space setting, there's a lot of opportunities for new tools for them to experiment with. And I really want to see how they play with that. Um, and again, this isn't about, like, it can't, it's the same developer, so there's going to be similarities. But I feel like I just don't want it to be like a flavor of an RPG, right? I want it to have like definition from them because it is a new IP. And I think I really want to see something exciting here. Um, Kind of on that note, like with Bioware, I love Mass Effect, but I also love Dragon Age. And I think that's one of the like nice examples of these two are from the same developer. And there are definitely similarities, but there's just something about like its storytelling and just how it plays out that really has a firm identity. Um in how those play and i want to see that with starfield yeah i hear you and we've talked about this before how it does seem odd but not like like bad but just it does seem like even though as you noted that they're fallout and elder scrolls are from the same developer and the same development team even that people seem like they tend to lean one way or the other not that they can't like both I know Destin's a Fallout person. I'm an Elder Scrolls person. Matt, where, where, which side do you fall on, if either? And and what are you hoping for out of Starfield? Uh, I'm a I'm a Fallout guy, honestly. But that's just that's across the board in general. I've always I've always leaned towards that particular genre over over fantasy. Like fantasy was never really my my bag. Uh, but yeah, I I you know. We don't know. We haven't seen anything about Starfield. There are a couple of those leaks online, and how how real and how accurate those are is is up to you. I I personally haven't been told about how accurate they are, but I you know I'm curious. I'm curious what it's going to be like. I don't I don't imagine it's going to be you know grungy in the same way that Fallout it uh, is at least not from like the brief snippets that we've seen. It oh, looks man, no clean. dirty space. No dirty space. I think it's gonna be very clean space. I don't know what that means exactly, but I like every time I think about Starfield, I think about Interstellar for some reason. But I, but other than that, like one connection, I have no real expectations for what I'm gonna see. Other than that, it's potentially gonna it's gonna be hours and hours of gameplay with a bunch of different side quests, and you could do space things. But I'm interested. Uh, you know, you you look at a company that really is famous for doing two things, and they want to do a third thing. You're really excited for whatever that new thing is, and that's pretty much what Starfield is to me. How about you, Destin? Yeah, so we actually do, we know a few things about Starfield. We know that they're completely overhauling the engine to build this game. That was announced during their reveal of the partnership with Microsoft. Um, we know that this is their first new IP in 25 years. Todd has said that it's going to have that Bethesda DNA. Uh, there was a quote I saw about it being procedurally generated. And then one of the rumors Matt's alluding to is like an insider and uh, other people, like there was an interview on, what was it? Tech Radar from a few years ago that said, it's from seven months ago, where it's going to be more like No Man's Sky and mm. that game Miranda really likes. <laughs> and and Whose name like escapes me. Outer, Outer Wilds? <laughs> yeah, those are really <laughs> different, though. No Man's Sky and well, Outer Wilds are so I think different. It's about, 
the exploration aspect and being able okay. to jump from planet to planet, I would have to imagine. But that's all we can really go on beyond like the leaked screenshots that we don't even know are legit, right? And um, well, I guess to answer your question, I love space exploration, so I'm really, really excited to see what this is. And the the more that I start reading the past interviews and the Todd Howard hints, the more I'm kind of wondering, I'm like, I don't think this is going to be what people have built up in their in their mind. Mm -hmm. I think it's going to be something a little bit different. Yeah, which I'm, is good. Like new stuff is great. I'm with I'm with all of you. Yeah, I just hope. I just don't same similar to what Miranda said. I I just don't want it to be Elder Scrolls in space or Fallout mm -hmm. in space. Like I do hope it's there are some legit new systems and ideas in this, and I have no doubt there there will be. I mean, as you noted, Destin, this is. Todd Howard's first time doing a fresh, totally new thing in 25 years. So it's a it's a good opportunity for them to really break out and try some new stuff. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm eager to see it. So it sounds like we'll get some kind of tease at E3, whether that includes any gameplay footage or, or whether it's just going to be a cinematic trailer or that's not gameplay or, or just a logo with a holiday 2022... You know, tease for the date on it remains to be seen, but uh, there's, I would imagine if they're showing gameplay of any kind, or probably even a, a big trailer, you think that that's probably the one more thing for their E3, right? That's that's what oh. they close with this year? Yes, unless, unless it's Elder Scrolls, which I don't think they would show that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so... Once Go ahead, Destin. I, I I think it will be the one more thing. And he actually told uh, Todd told Keeley at E3 2018 that the team had a playable build of the game. Uh, the Bethesda team was able to play the game now. Starfield is playable, he said. And that was in 2018. So I know that uh, Schreier is saying 2022, and uh, he's probably right. But I just I've been sticking with my hyperbole and saying I think it's coming out this year. I think they do. That announcement thing where they're like, and it's available this holiday, and people are just blowing away. Or at least, <laughs> as a fan, I would love to see something like that. I think it would be really, really cool to see. But I mean, the logic side of my brain, when I start thinking, like, why would they put it up against Halo Infinite? Yeah. Like, Halo Infinite's their holiday game. Well, my, I understand that. But I'm sticking with my 2021. I'm, I'm riding that <laughs> until the end of the year. To be fair, Microsoft does need to have things this year that's not just Halo, though, right? Like, if the plan mm -hmm. was halo last year then they have to have things planned for this year too like they can't just say all right we launched a brand new console you guys got halo and we're gonna give that to you for the next year and that's all right. so like they have to have other big things to go not necessarily against halo but like with halo right um so they're, they have to have something whether it's from i mean bethesda also i think they probably have their own plans and it's not necessarily to go against halo right like i'm sure they're developing and planning for games prior to being acquired by microsoft so um, I think maybe putting it in the context of that is a little strange, or like I guess positioning it as these are going against Microsoft's big, you know, AAA game. Also, uh, notice that how we've all now implicitly over the the first party exclusive game drought of this last generation for Microsoft that's finally coming to an end here, we're all implicitly conditioned to expect maybe one big game <laughs> there's no rule that says there can't be more than one like ubisoft will ship they'll ship two or three major titles as a third-party publisher in a in the holiday quarter and there's you know nintendo will do they'll, they'll do more than one big thing there's no we can totally get more than one big game 
just you know ones in october ones in november september november whatever you want to do so uh yeah hopefully this year maybe not this year (laughs) maybe maybe it's just gonna be halo that if i believe schreier and uh you know he's got the track record that i i have no reason to doubt him but yeah it's uh it's it seems like it's halo halo and then some other stuff you know smaller tier stuff this fall but it does open up like next next holiday not to get too far ahead but next holiday could could be pretty big i mean if if starfield's the anchor for holiday 2022 i mean i think it's i think uh the forza motorsport next gen reboot is likely to fall next fall um no you could have though. you could have hellblade 2 in there somewhere um there's probably one or two of the other. I'm like, I, I think Avowed and Fable are probably farther out. Perfect Dark's going to pro- almost certainly be farther out. But yeah, hopefully, uh, you know, I think sooner rather than later, we're going to start getting... With 23 Studios, they're ha- they can't just they can't just ship one big title uh, every fall. Like, it's, it's mathematically impossible. There are going to be more, so... I, I think next year is the year they start to hit their stride, Ryan. And uh, I think they've been, you know, building up their library... And it just makes sense for it to be that year. I think COVID probably delayed their plans like it did with Halo. Halo was supposed to be their launch game last year. But everything right. got shifted about one year. And I think next year we see a lot of really, really great stuff from, from Microsoft Studios. This week's Podcast Unlocked is brought to you by NordVPN. Hey, if you're watching a lot of sports like me and you hate blackouts, NordVPN is a great way to go. You can use NordVPN, a virtual private network, to watch live sporting events, TV shows, films that aren't available in your region by switching your virtual location to a country that is showing that event. No more blackouts. It's also good for plenty of other stuff like protecting your private data, your bank details, your passwords, your online identity. You can protect your data while you're traveling and using public Wi-Fi. NordVPN protects you wherever you are in the world. NordVPN threat protection also protects you from viruses, malware, and phishing sites. NordVPN is also the fastest VPN in the world. No buffering or lagging while you're streaming, and it will stop your ISP bandwidth throttling. NordVPN is the price of a cup of coffee a month, so that is a super affordable, great way to go. To get the best discount off of your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com slash Unlocked without the E. That's N O R D V P N dot com slash U N L O C K D. And that'll give you four extra months on the two year plan. And best of all, there's no risk with Nord's 30 day money back guarantee. NordVPN.com slash unlocked without the E. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing 
to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. All right, let's talk about our actual headline topic this week, and that is the outer worlds. Yes, Miranda, the other cool <laughs> outer W dot 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 game <laughs> from Obsidian. Now, the backstory on this, just to remind people, of course, yes, Obsidian developed it, but it was it was already in the works prior to the Microsoft uh, acquisition of Obsidian, and it was signed by Private Division, which is the sort of indie, like, deluxe indie game label under 2K Games, under Take-Two. So that's who published it, that's who put it out, uh, And but Microsoft acquired Obsidian, I think Olivia was... It was just prior, it was a little prior to the release of the game, so it still ended up coming out as a private division game for Xbox One, for PC, for PlayStation 4. And that, we were sort of left to wonder, well, you know, what agreement was there that that would have said, you know, does did Take-Two slash private division have an option for a sequel, and if they exercised it, would it still come to PlayStation 4 even after and PS5 after the, the Microsoft acquisition. Well, we now have some clarity on that, and that is Microsoft has officially taken over publishing rights for, quote, future iterations of The Outer Worlds. They've taken that over from Private Division. During Take-Two's Q4 2021 earnings call recently, Take-Two CEO Strauss Zelnick confirmed <laughs> The Outer Worlds has sold in, which is not... That means to stores, not into people's actual hard drives. Uh, Sold in more than 3 million units. It's still a good number uh, since it was released in October of 2019. Uh, It was actually, yeah, 2019. Private Division is still supporting and marketing the Outer Worlds, including the upcoming release of Murder on Eridanos DLC for the Switch. But moving forward, Obsidian and Microsoft will be publishing future iterations in the franchise, and we're absolutely thrilled to see where they take it. So... Um, now presumably, and I want to hear from the panel on this, uh, I want to start with Destin, because I think Destin, you spent some time with this game. I would imagine cool. that this is what Outer Worlds, uh, excuse me, this is what Obsidian's third team is up to, because you've got the, uh, the Avowed team, uh, you've got the Grounded team, which is a smaller team, but then there's a third group that had done Outer Worlds. Seemingly, you think sequel Destin? I mean, based on just this wording and the fact that you know, they're even having to clarify this? Yeah, I mean, a sequel would make sense. I think the original sold well enough, and they've established the franchise now. It's very fallout in space, <laughs> as as we've sort of discussed. And, um, yeah, I have to imagine they're going to continue the series. I don't think they keep doing DLC. Like, I remember Fallout 3 is one of my favorite fallouts of all time, and they did, like, Four, I want to say expansions. Oh, yeah. the, right. the final one being uh, a space one where you're like abducted by aliens or something. And uh, I love Fallout 3. So I have to imagine they're going to wrap up whatever DLC plans they have for Outer Worlds and then, yeah, make a sequel. I, I think it's done well enough that they're like, hey, people seem to like this. Let's keep it going. So, Matt, is, uh, is, will PS5 come off the table, you think, for a sequel with Microsoft in full control? I. I think so. Honestly, I, I, I really don't 
get why we keep talking about like potential multi-platform stuff for bethesda going forward you know like this is very much a consolidation year for microsoft with news like this is that they're bringing this under the banner like you know insomniac was not owned by sony right before but then now we all know that whatever future things insomniac makes is going to be a sony thing you know and it's the same principle uh for bethesda the only difference is zenimax is 13 13 10 nine studios a lot of studios which i think people sort of think like oh it's a different situation it's not it's just nine more studios <laughs> you know yeah um so yeah you know outer worlds 2 or 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 you know a future outer worlds game is going to be an xbox thing future anything under that banner is going to be an xbox thing i, I and I, I think that's just the way it's going to be on or but you know but luckily that's what game pass is for i guess exactly exactly I, straight into game pass uh which is what ended I'm, up the go ahead destin i'm just really happy to hear matt say that because i'm also a little bit tired of the ridiculousness that oh all these companies that microsoft owns they have to go multi-platform and i'm like <laughs> well you're, i don't hear anybody crying for spider-man to be on the xbox platform nobody expects that it's sort of a given that when you purchase a company that those platforms are going to be or those games are going to be exclusive on your platform. And then separately from that, um, a lot of people talk about the multi-platform aspect and how, you know, oh, they're going to lose revenue. But let me ask you this. Would you rather have $100 today or $1,000 in five days? Most people, if you're smart, you're going to take the more money further down the line. And that's what they're doing. That's why they, they acquire these companies. It's to get people into the Xbox ecosystem and get them playing on their platform. On Game Pass specifically, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I I agree with you in that. I I think pretty soon the whole uh, will Bethesda release games multi-platform anymore thing is gonna probably go away. But but in fairness, I mean, I think with this, with Avowed, with you know, with Elder Scrolls, uh, even though that's way in the distance, but like with this specifically, it's just fair to bring up because they're you know this was a game that that did come out uh and, yeah. and there there could be an incentive for microsoft to continue that but yeah i agree probably probably there's there's just no way that it'll, and microsoft will say well you know hey playstation fans if you really like the outer worlds one we'll come come into our ecosystem and play outer worlds two when we, the time arrives we have I all think hammered that block thoughts yeah sorry no, go ahead, Matt. I talked a lot. No, I, I was going to say, I, I mean, I think I'd be willing to give this, right? Like, I know, like, Xbox does have some situation uh, scenarios where people bring up all the time, like Minecraft, which is not applicable because Minecraft is this huge global phenomenon, and that actually is leaving money on the table if you don't release it to everywhere it belongs right. on. Um, Ori is another one that gets brought up another time, mm -hmm. but, you know, a smaller scale. I think I'm willing to give this. I think if future big releases from Bethesda uh, do end up on multi-platform. Xbox is sure as hell going to make people associate that game with Xbox, even if it comes out on something else. And it's the same way that, like, even though there are Marvel characters that uh, Sony makes movies of, like, Marvel puts its, like, banner in front of them, right? And Marvel is like, this is, you know, just don't forget, right? Like, Venom might be a Sony movie, but Venom is a Marvel character, you know? Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Uh, that's that's a good way to put it, I think. Good analogy on that. So, uh, I mean, yeah, I go ahead, Miranda. Oh, sorry. I was just going to say really quickly on the Ori note and the Minecraft note, I think if Microsoft is to play ball with anyone, it's going to be Nintendo. Like, they've, they're the only ones that they've kind of said, like, hey, well, you can have these games. They're like, we'll work with you on these. 
and then we're publishing this. So I going to Sony is a little bit more far-fetched, but also I think with the history of Bethesda games on Nintendo platforms, you know, it's yeah. a <laughs> little bit there. Although, uh, I can't remember where Phil said this, whether it was with us or someone else, but uh, he even said, I think it was with me, with us. I feel like this was our thing, where he said uh, that he was kind of done with doing Nintendo stuff. I mean, he kind of implied that, like, in the that Phil way of, you know, he doesn't often say, like, straight up direct. <laughs> he sort of will talk around things, but in that in that good CEO way where he still makes it clear what he's talking about, but you just can't really, like, if you have the transcript, you can't really pin him to it. But, yeah, <laughs> I, I seem to remember him kind of seeming to back off uh, future mm -hmm. Nintendo stuff, but we'll see. But, yeah, I, I'm with all of you. I do think that this is indicative of... Outer Worlds 2 being the third project that's in development at Obsidian rather than them moving on to something new. I actually don't think so. You don't think so? You I'm, think? I mean, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I don't have insider knowledge, actually. But I am hoping that sort of with this uh, acquisition of Bethesda, right? Like it sort of frees up Obsidian. I, I don't think Obsidian had a mandate to make a, a Fallout version game or whatever, right? So I don't think that's true. But I think that because now they have these like established properties maybe they'll be like hey obsidian you know i you know this is your thing you like making this but like go ham go wild right like we we have fallout now in the stable right like we have this like whatever whatever flights of fancy that you have like something completely new completely different like go at it i know i do know that obsidian is hiring writers that's what i do know for a project what for what it is i don't know but i kind of hope that maybe they you know can take a breather or something, reform, regroup. Maybe the grounded team is no longer working on that game. Maybe the grounded team is working on something else. I don't know, but I kind of hope it's something else. I mean, yeah, I think it seems, the only seems like grounded's still going from what we know. Destin? I think Go the ahead. only way that anything comes to the PS5 platform is if Game Pass somehow ends up on the PS5 platform. <laughs> uh, there's been rumors about him trying to go to other companies like Nintendo and even Sony. Obviously, they'll probably shut the door in his face. <laughs> but when you have a stable of games like Elder Scrolls and the Fallout franchise, and you're just saying, hey, remember when you used to charge us for crossplay? Remember all these fees you used to? Remember how you bought our company? And then, you know, <laughs> uh, made Spider-Man console exclusive? Well, now we need to make a deal here. Because what's in it for us if we bring these flagship titles to your Sony platform? Because we can release them on PC, we can release them to the cloud, we can release them to the, to the Xbox family of consoles, and that's a win for us. What What's beyond sales? Because sales, I don't think that's big picture enough for what Microsoft is trying to do here. They are trying to make the Xbox family of devices, which is exactly what they said during the, the, the announcement of the partnership, and it's about getting exclusives for where Xbox devices are available right. something i'm paraphrasing but that's the goal so no i don't i don't think these games are coming to sony unless sony really sweetens the deal yeah uh, i don't I, history would seem to suggest that sony will not be in a hurry to to go for that anytime so soon sony's got 25 exclusives that they're talking about over the next few years and talking yeah. about take two they have 19 games in development through 2024 so, I mean, like, we're still going to have cross-platform games with Take-Two, and Sony's still going to do their every quarter major exclusive drop 
and Xbox is going to get in the game too. And this is good for the whole industry. It means Xbox gamers are going to have great exclusives and so are Sony gamers. So, and people that have both just super win. So I super win, you know, I'm very (laughs) fortunate that I, I get to have and play on both, both platforms. Yeah, we're in a whole new world. You got uh, all, a lot of consolidation of resources and of, of assets and power. I mean, look at this. And not just gaming and entertainment, too. We got this uh, Amazon closing in to buy MGM for $9 yeah. billion. Make it, that's making the Bethesda deal look look uh, pedestrian by, by <laughs> comparison from a from a financial perspective. So, oh, my goodness. Yes, it's, it's going to be a fun generation of consoles that much it already is we're off to a good start here next up this week an original xbox easter egg that had been undiscovered for the entire 20-year history of the original xbox has now been unearthed kotaku uh, received a tip from a microsoft developer who worked on the original xbox console who let them in on the secret uh, they explained how to trigger it and what it does is it displays a credit scene listing those who worked on the oh look at that original xbox controller <laughs> huge i captured I like the that. footage for this story <laughs> nice <laughs> the xbox is still behind me in the living room oh i love it's it. such a cool easter egg i love it man the controller s i love the controller s that was uh I, I i i shot many covenant aliens in halo with that controller good stuff yeah you got your breakaway cable you even got a memory <laughs> card in there too that's impressive. That's right. A little remember yeah. these. <laughs> you didn't actually need one on Xbox. That was the nice part, is they had that built-in hard drive. But anyway, uh, yes. Yeah, so Kotaku got tipped off by one of the original developers from Microsoft. It displays a credit scene, and which I guess, Destin, are we about to see that right now? I hope this is my footage. Yeah, this is me. Yeah, this is my cool. Xbox. So this is why you want to subscribe on YouTube.com/slash/IGN/Games so you can watch the show. So here we go. You. Uh, you will need to go to music, insert an audio CD. I don't want to get too ahead of the footage, but. So this is what it looks like by default. So it's just sort of okay. like your system info. I'll take them through it, Ryan. Please, Sorry. Uh, go ahead. And then you go over to music to unlock the Easter egg and you want to import an audio CD, right? So you go to audio CD, you go to copy, uh, shout out to the Mudvayne CD that I put in there from a million <laughs> years ago. So you're just getting in the it. 2001 vibe, huh? Yeah, so you copy it. And I can't believe I had an audio CD. And yes, I'm a corn you know. disturbed. Yeah, look at you, man. <laughs> getting on my Xbox. <laughs> no anyway, judgment. You, no judgment. You put in Timmy. A little, ju- a little which judgment. Which is, I think a it's a South Park ju- Easter egg, right, Ryan? Timmy. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So it's South Park. And uh, like just a bunch of Y's. You delete the last one and put an exclamation point, And then it just. It's 26 Y's for, the, for whatever yeah. reason. Yeah. Which I guess is, is that as many as you limit. can. Yeah. So you go to the character limit, delete one, put an exclamation point. And it took me forever to find the exclamation points. <laughs> so I had to like <laughs> edit it out. <laughs> so yeah. So um there it's it really, is. really cool. And it's just it's just a nod to the people that worked on the dashboard. And I, I think it's a really cool thing to do. So yeah. So there right, I so imported the CD and then you yeah. go back and then you can actually see the uh the Easter egg in action. So you go down to settings and then you go back to the the system info. And you're able to see a credits to the people who work so hard on creating a beloved console. Oh, cool. Victor Blanco, Sokfong, Sean Bai, Bradford Christian, Jim Helm. The dashboard, the original dashboard team. Uh, Yeah, it's, it does seem like 
This seems like one of those Easter eggs that no, there's just no way anyone would have ever possibly found that without one of those developers <laughs> telling somebody about it. And it was uh, you, Bradford. <laughs> I, I wonder how many people on like outside the dashboard team even knew about the xbox like was this just something that four people cooked up like while right. they were you know working late at night at, at the at the washington office right like probably, probably. yeah yeah most <laughs> likely do that. like yeah. i, I uh, this is a fun fact but actually the guides team has an easter egg in a lot of our guides that's a secret nice <gasps> almost every guide we need Ooh, an ign guide guide <laughs> It's a secret page. It's really good. See, look at you, Miranda. You're see, you're an expert of just now. Everybody wants to go over to the website to try and find it, drive that traffic. That's what we do. You got to do. <laughs> so yeah, I, I that one probably would have would have gone if uh, unfound forever if if mm -hmm. those four folks had taken it to their graves. But I'm glad that they shared it with Kotaku there so that we could uh, we could figure that one out and check another Easter egg off the list. But yes, the Timmy reference, very, very 2001. And I, I appreciate Destin getting in the spirit by having a bunch of 2001 era, butt rock, you know, that's just, well. that was just on there still. <laughs> well, like, from the era, a, right? That was yeah. Coincidental. Yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. The OG uh, Xbox <laughs> era. Wild. Buck wild. Right. Like the stories of the, of that time, like how Microsoft legit tried to buy Nintendo. Yeah. Uh, yeah, like it's nuts. The, the story that like we'll hear more in the decades to come. Like once the once the veterans like start sharing the stories more. But like that early two thousand, that entry into gaming for Xbox was apparently nuts. Uh, uh, let me do. Let's see. Let me just do. We got time for one more here because we. Sorry, folks. We got off to a late start due to some technical issues, but that's okay. So uh, there is a new. Limited time Mass Effect crossover Destin, in the aforementioned No Man's Sky. As part of the new Expeditions feature, players have been taking part in a new timed event, the Beachhead Expedition. That expedition has taken players across multiple planets, solving puzzles, and eventually reaching a mission called Anomalous Research, which calls for players to track a pattern in time, a strange signal emerging across multiple realities. Turns out that signal's been coming from, drumroll, the Normandy from Mass Effect. Uh, by completing the expedition's five stages, players will earn the Normandy as an S-class freighter. It is not directly pilotable, but it's likely to become the jewel of many players' fleets. And I wanted to mention this because it's only available for a limited time. Uh, the expedition's only available to complete until May 31st, so Monday is the last day. Uh, Destin, did this inspire you to jump back into No Man's Sky? I didn't know it was timed. I actually did jump back in and I started doing the first two expeditions. Yeah. And uh, they're really long. Like the expeditions take a really, really long time. So if you've been keeping up, you're good to go. But Miranda, I actually meant to tell you about this for wikis that we should probably see if we can get a freelancer on it because uh, I have not found a good guide how to do this quickly. They're all mm -hmm. like... 40 minute long videos and i'm like i need the normandy in my fleet i have to have it but this is just such a cool crossover it makes such good sense and i really really want to get this ship for myself and it was so cool to see you know sean murray tweeting about it and the mass effect team tweeting about it and uh man it's just it's just really really neat that watching this footage i like i very badly want to play no man's sky now after watching this like 
Yeah, it's clearly it's come such a long way from. I mean, I I haven't played it since launch. I know, and you feel free to yell at me. I know there's been the there was the Beyond update. There's been all these great updates over the years, and it's just yeah, I I really need to go back to it. This is crazy. If you Look hop at this. back in, I highly recommend just do the expeditions. You know, check out Miranda's Miranda and the Wiki Team's guide for the expeditions that I'm sure we'll get, and. Uh, and follow it along and, and catch up because No Man's Sky is really, really cool. And hopping back in, Ryan, going through like the first first expedition or whatever, it's really the way that it's a really cool way to play the game. Like multiplayer is there right away. I was running into other players who were probably trying to do the same thing I was. And it's such a beautiful game. I, I've always loved No Man's Sky, even when everybody hated it. I've always sort of adored what Sean Murray was able to do with this world and like just jumping... Being able to jump into a spaceship, go into space, and go to another planet, it's just so neat. And I can't even like wrap my brain around how it was how it was done. Like I I, I really, really cherish this game, e- even the whole life cycle of the product. You want to know I another no game Sky. where you can uh, just jump into a spaceship and go to another planet? It's called Outer Worlds. No. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Sorry. But, I'm you not know what that footage. That footage honestly reminded me that we were just watching of, you know, the latest build of the game. It reminded me of the original footage, like, of No Man's Sky from, like, what is that now? Six, seven years ago, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Like, it, they've they've not only, Hello has not only met that original vision, but but exceeded it after all the work they've put into it over the years. It just looks fantastic. I think my favorite thing out of No Man's Sky have been the weird aliens people sometimes show. It's like, what is this? And so that's that's <laughs> my single favorite thing out of No Man's Sky. Interesting. Uh, all right. Mine, mine, Miranda, is definitely the screenshots people have gotten just in their mm-hmm. random worlds. It's so beautiful. It's a really beautiful game. All right. Uh, let's do the loot box here. Eric from St. Louis is our guest this week. Happy to feature Eric on Unlocked, who, uh, well, I'll let him explain it. Go ahead, Eric. Unlocked, uh, would you agree with me? Oh, hi, this is Eric, by the way, from St. Louis. Would you agree with me that Xbox is really missing out by not having a Nintendo Direct-style show, you know, four times a year, once a season, roughly, or whatever, um, I think they do a lot of cool things that just don't get attention, especially a lot of the indie games that come to Game Pass Day 1. I listen to a lot of gaming podcasts, and like they'll talk about Spirit Fair or Moving Out or Haven and just not even mention Game Pass. And I don't blame the podcast for that. I blame Xbox for not getting that word out enough. And, you know, and they got upcoming stuff. I think there's not enough information known about PSO2 New Genesis and the gunk and I think they need to do a better job of getting that word out. So do you think they need a direct style show? Matt, let me start with you. Is Xbox missing out by not doing a sort of regularly occurring Nintendo? I mean, they have the inside mm-hmm. Xbox that they do once in a blue moon, but is should Microsoft be following suit a little more here, you think? I mean, I guess I was... I guess that depends on what you think about as regular. I actually don't think Nintendo Directs are 
fairly regular, right? Like people wait months and months for a new one. Uh, and in my mind, I think, yeah, I think it's notable that Xbox has fewer of those than Nintendo and PlayStation, but like, I don't think the cadence is that far off. But yes, I, I think publishers really benefit from these sort of direct style presentations uh, around big, I don't, I don't want to get too jargony, but around big news beats, I think uh, I think it's a really nice and cool way to just like, hey, here's what we're working on. Uh, here's like an upcoming thing if you're really excited about it, like, you know, like a Halo theme direct ahead of the fall uh, holiday launch or something like that. I think that's I think those are really great for publishers in general. So uh, and I think, yeah, I think Microsoft could stand to take a take a couple notes from uh, from Nintendo's playbook, uh, given how successful Nintendo directs are. Miranda, what do you think? I have conflicting opinions on this. So on one part, um, as Matt said, there's a lot of speculations like, when are we getting the next Direct? What's happening? Um, and I think there's also a lot of expectations built up around those. So if you look at last year, what Microsoft did with Inside Xbox, like especially with that first one, there was a lot of disappointment because they really had built up expectations or, you know, the community had built up expectations for what they were expecting out of those. And we got to see Scorn and <laughs> some favorite other game. games. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, it's so gross i think it's kind of cool now it's growing on me it's growing on me it's gross um, it's literally growing on you yeah, that's... I know. It's just like, oh, no. um, Ew. Yes. you're uh, anyway. scorn Ew. anyway um i think if based on eric what you were saying if they were wanting to do something a little bit more focused for game pass i think that would make a lot more sense between that and id at xbox I think if you kind of situate it as a, this is not our big AAA things we want to say for our biggest press conferences that we want everyone to get like super expectations high for. These are just, and, and I don't want to say that, you know, ID at Xbox and Game Pass announcements aren't exciting. I think there's a lot of really great stuff in there that people miss out on just because they don't know about it. Or I think there's still some, I don't want to speak, you know, for the gaming community, but there's sometimes an expectation that, you know, independent games don't necessarily hold the same value as AAA. Like, sure, they might be smaller, but there's still experiences there that are just as good as that you could get in AAA, um, just maybe on a different scale. And I think there's so much value in that, and they are exciting, and they are fantastic. You know, some of my favorite games are indie games. and Like I, I Utter think, Wilds. Yes. Yes. So it, there's a like a... Good game. Yeah. Got me doing it now. <laughs> There's so much great stuff out there, and discovering those things, though, I think is definitely a challenge. So, Eric, when you're saying how you'll you'll listen to all these shows and they mention things like Spirit Fair, but they don't acknowledge that, hey, this is on Game Pass, which I think we at least here are pretty good about saying, this is on Game Pass, go play it, go play Outer Wilds, it's on Game Pass, it's free if you're paying for Game Pass already, so it's technically you already paid for it, so just go play it anyway. Um, I think Microsoft definitely does need to figure out what sort of beat they can do to make that like a little bit more exciting. Um, so I, of course, follow the um, idea at Xbox Twitter account and then also the Game Pass account. And those are nice on giving updates of things that are coming. But I do agree that there's missing that next leap of, hey, these are what they are. And this is why you should be excited to play these new games that are coming. Or maybe consider checking them out. Um, and I feel like the only reason I get to know about them a little bit more is just because I get to go to those ID at Xbox events that lets me try them in advance and tell you all, hey, these are the exciting ones. But when we don't have those sorts of events, you know, we really miss out on that. So I think Microsoft could benefit for something for those specific um, products that they offer. And I know that they really want us to be excited about and excited for. So 
they do need to do something, I think, with that discoverability. Well, the, yeah, the, the Game Pass angle, that's a really good thought I hadn't even really considered that, yeah, like they could do they could do little directy kind of things that just to highlight some you know, the day and date stuff that's long, you know, that like there, we know there's a lot of cool day and like 12 minutes is coming up and um, uh, I think Bright Memory Infinite, I believe, is going to be, I think that one's going in right into Game Pass, stuff like that. But yeah, for me, like, I agree completely. I My thing with when they do do the inside Xbox thing is I, I, my constructive criticism would be that they're overproduced that they're, you know, they're, they're trying to put on this like full blown show where we're going to cut over here to this desk and we're going to talk to this person. Then we're going to come back here and we're going to like, I, I actually really like the minimalism of the Nintendo directs where it's just, it's just quick voiceover. Here's this game. All right. Now, and and they're over in 20 minutes. Whereas the inside Xbox will drag on for, an hour to an hour and a half every single time. So uh, I know that doesn't really speak super much well to Eric's question, but I'm with all of you guys on this one. Uh, I actually wanted to respond to Eric's question because I have a little bit of a different take than you sure. guys. If that's okay, Ryan. Yeah. Um, so Xbox actually does a show every single week called This Week on Xbox, hosted mm-hmm. by Major Nelson, where they go over all the releases that are coming out, right? But in addition to that, they also do a Game Pass overview. Uh, usually it's quarterly, where they talk about all the things coming and going from Game Pass to kind of give you an overview of that. And that's in addition to their... I, I'm just looking at their YouTube right now. So mm-hmm. those are in addition to things like um, coming soon to Game Pass, released three weeks ago, focusing on Psychonauts. It's just like a little clip. But they have two features that I would say are sort of what he's alluding to, in addition to things like the Bethesda announcement and the ID at Xbox event. So I I think this is a perception challenge more than it is a they're not doing anything. You know, Mm. so... They are doing something similar to what he's describing, but maybe he expects more like those grandiose larger events like we sort of got accustomed to because they actually were going to do that regularly. And then they announced at the beginning of COVID that they're like, hey, yeah, uh, maybe not. We're not going to. Right. So yeah, the, the 2020 thing you're referring to. Yeah. The, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I, I would I would argue that they actually do that. And like there has been there have been news hits every single month about Halo. Like they're doing stuff. I just think it's a perception issue more than a, like I said, they're not doing anything issue. I think it's also maybe more of a organization and branding issue as well. Like Agreed. this week in Xbox, what does that say to me? It's like, oh, I don't know. I checked the news. I already know what's happening, I think. Um, so it's, mm-hmm. I think, again, yeah, branding and packaging. Like how do you present this in maybe a digestible way that is still exciting and maybe just, you know, weekly, that's a lot, um, mm-hmm. which I think maybe is good for some people. I hope. Yeah, hope like and I think show. Ryan's absolutely right. Like their their current offering really is just a smidge overproduced. You know, just like you look when at the, they do the them. One, yeah, when they do them, right? When they do the the one off ones uh, and they announce them in advance, it, it is really like talking like a variety show. Uh, but I think you know, I think the reason why Nintendo's found so much success with Direct is that the format works. You know, yeah, and well, and the state were... Sony copied it straight up for yeah. the state of play. Like it's. Mm. And I don't blame them for that because the, the I actually kind of wish Microsoft would just do the same. But they don't do voiceovers, and I think they lose a little bit of that. I think I like the little little commentary in between the Nintendo trailers for for their directs, and there was growing and their skits. There, and their skits. They're yeah. so fun. Uh, so I think I think Sony maybe went like a little too far into just here's a four trailers in a row, and then right. kind of just like loses a little life 
from them, but like, you know, I guess that's why Nintendo perfected the game. And even then that took a while. Like now they have to announce ahead of time how long the direct is, specifically like hammer the point that this is an indie direct, this is a Super Smash Bros. direct, right? This is a summer games direct. Like they have to like tweet it out multiple times to make sure that people don't get the wrong idea of what kind of direct the next one's gonna be. All good stuff. Uh, thank you, Eric from St. Louis. And again, if you would like to be a guest on Unlocked here in the loot box section of the show, please video post your video question, you know, about a minute long, thereabouts. Post that to Twitter and tag me at DMC underscore Ryan so that I see it. And I've just got a little running Google Doc where I've got everybody jotted down and, uh, and I'll pull, each, pull a new one each week. All right, quickly, let's rapid fire the Unlock Block Trivia Challenge. Matt, you've got a chance to get on the board here in your first ever Unlock oh, appearance. Nice. Let me pull up the scoring, but our question... Oh, jeez, I didn't... I Hold on. I'll, while I pull up the scoring, I also, because I'm a bad host, need to pull up who sent this in, because like an idiot, I forgot to copy it down. Here we go. John Miller from Oakdale, Connecticut, writes in and asks, In Halo 2... Which of the prophets was the first to die? This one I remember because it loves me some Halo. We have Miranda at four points, Destin at two. And so Matt, a chance, of course, in his first appearance here on Unlock, chance to get on the board. I'm going to go to Matt first here. Matt, I don't know how well you know your Halo, if at all, but you can always roll the dice. I've played, I've played Halo 2 quite a bit, but I do... Is it Mercy? Is it? Right. I'm asking it? you. I'm asking you. No, you <laughs> we, we all have the answer first. <laughs> oh, okay. Just, well, then, that's the, I mean, I feel like that's the only one I remember, and I definitely remember beating him up a bunch of times with my bare fists. So he's he for sure dies. All right. So, so you're going. You, your choices are mercy, regret, faith, and truth. You're taking mercy. Uh, Miranda, how about you? I'm sorry. I don't remember. I just played this too. <laughs> I feel so bad. I'm like, what was I doing? How did I not pay attention to who died first? I feel like such a failure. I'm sorry. Uh... Whoa! Whoa! What? Don't show it! <laughs> it's just... I don't give away the answer. Like. <laughs> That's true. Uh... I'm gonna go with B, regret, for my regrets okay. of not knowing this answer. <laughs> I like that. Regardless Destin? of what it is. Destin, this okay, is, I... you know... This is your shot here. We'll see. We'll see what you got. I feel pretty confident that this is not accidental, but I believe it's D truth. Truth dies first, and then like the so. infighting starts. And to me, I feel like Staten would have done that to sort of, you know, have another layer to the storytelling that's going on. Or I'm totally wrong. But uh, I, I'm gonna go with D truth. All right. Uh, well, you are totally wrong. Miranda's right. It's regret. Fuck you. What? Regret's yes. the first one. I was one like, to wait, was regret last? The or like, no, regret was not last because like the last one was like kind of funny, like because it was a wordplay thing. Yes, yes. How do I have the most points? I don't understand. <laughs> Miranda widening her lead here, five to two now over I'm everyone so else. So well, well done, Miranda. I like how you arrived at that answer. I appreciate that. That's what makes this segment fun. Uh, if anybody listening or watching out there has a good Xbox trivia question, I, I only, admittedly, I only get a few of these a week. So if, you, if you're thinking, oh, maybe I shouldn't write it. No, write in. Unlocked at IGN.com. Include the question. Include four multiple choice answers. And please note the correct answer in your email. And we'll play again next week. We'll see if Destin can inch a little closer on the scoreboard. Uh, and Matt, we'll have you back on for... 
at some point you can get another yeah. crack at. Uh, I want to get on the board. I didn't realize yeah. this was a thing, but now I now I want to win. Yeah, we have uh, we play all year, and at the end of the year, there is a uh, an unlocked fan makes a trophy. There is there. You, oh. Destin's got a couple of them. Destin, you want to hold one up for Matt real quick? Is there one oh, handy? They're all they're way back there. They're way back. Oh, all right, well, yeah, take our word for it, Matt. Me? So there's one. Uh, you can't really see it. Yeah. Do you see Starfield? Really? There, yeah. Yeah, the yeah, yeah. I see it's it. Like I to the right it. of it. Yeah. yeah, there it is. I see it. It's fine. All yeah. good. You have this little tiny one of just the, oh. you almost did it, Miranda. Right, the runner-up. Yes, I remember that. It's very sweet. Good stuff. And Xbox uh, DVD IR plug-in thing from the original Xbox. Uh, yes, thank you Starfield to... wedding photos. <laughs> uh, thank you to John Miller for sending that in. And again, I invite everybody else to send in a trivia question as well. And with that, it is time for us to fold up the tent Pack it up and head on to the next town where we can do this show again next week. That's not really how this works. We don't go anywhere. We're, we'll just be back next week. It's fine. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at DMC underscore Ryan. New Unfiltered up today as I record this with the uh, game director of Shadow Warrior 3, Kuba Opon, who talks uh, from, uh, from Flying Wild Hog, talking about his career and uh, working his way up from a programmer to a game director and... and uh, what they're, you know, sort of the, the challenges of rebooting Shadow Warrior, you know, first-person shooter from the 90s. So check that out. Matt, uh, Matt Kim, now that our audience has spent the last hour or so with you and they, they totally think you're awesome, where can they follow you? Where can they find nice. your stuff? I'm glad. Uh, yeah, you can find me on Twitter at uh, Law of TD. And before anyone asks, it's a Simpsons reference. It's just a Simpsons reference. That's all it is. I like that. You can't, you can't go wrong. You're going to be Dan Stapleton's best friend. With, uh, with Twitter handles like that. Oh, a lot of Simpsons fans, fanatics <laughs> on staff. It's great. All right. Uh, Destin. Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter, at Destin Laguerre. I'm tired today. I've been That's tired fair. the last two episodes. i got to bring the oh, hype. I'm the hype guy. you got a newborn at home. That's uh, it's totally understandable. I think he's teething. So <gasps> less sleep for dad. <laughs> no. Uh, Miranda, take us home. Uh, speaking of packing up things and moving places and camping the outer wilds has marshmallows <laughs> oh, on oh campfires goodness. oh my goodness i'm back y'all <laughs> i'm sorry wow I'm, I'm sorry anyway you can find me at havoc Riz, and that's havoc with a k um and you can tweet to me and tell me if you played the outer wilds and, and you enjoyed it i've actually had a lot of people send messages to me saying that they played it but they both did or did not enjoy it and i appreciate both so yeah. it's okay if you don't is it still on Game Pass? Has it has it gone off? Yeah, it's on Game Pass. Still on? Excellent. Played it, so you played it recently. Um, nice. so yeah, so you can find me just here on the web and on IGN, of course. Outstanding for Super Producer Alan, along with Miranda Destin and Matt. I'm Ryan. This was Unlocked 496. E3's getting close. We'll see you next week. Are you thinking about getting into Dungeons & Dragons? Maybe you're looking to expand your horizons as a DM or a player. If that's the case, then it's time for you to check out The Dungeon Cast, the best D&D podcast out there that helps you passively learn all about the game just by listening. Join co-hosts Will and Brian as they break down the lore of a rich multiverse 50 years in the making in a lighthearted and beginner-friendly way. They cover everything from character creation options to tips for dungeon masters. There's something for everyone, no matter how long you've been playing TTRPGs. Get inspired while learning all about the unique planes of existence. 
Get the in-depth knowledge you need to help your combat encounters feel impactful, or learn about the origins and pantheons of every race and class the game offers. No stone is left unturned as every edition of the game is explored and explained in a way that benefits players of all different levels of experience. You can expand your TTRPG horizons in a way that's as entertaining as it is educational just by listening. All you have to do is go to your favorite podcast app or YouTube and search for The Dungeon Cast.